0: Welcome to Business Talk with Henrietta. This is the place where we speak with the most up-and-coming entrepreneurs to figure out how they built the life of their dreams. This episode is sponsored by a fantastic shoe brand for empowering women, Rockamore Shoes. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Jillian Ontiveros. She is the founder and CEO at Focal Productions. And Julian, she is passionate about marketing and to develop create new marketing strategies. And she now has a team of designers, web developers, artists, photographers and content creators in her company. And she also aims to every day, every day to inspire companies and connect people and also, as you say yourself on your LinkedIn profile, (laughs) stimulate growth. So we're gonna talk about that. How do you stimulate growth? We're gonna talk about digital marketing and it is also kind of constantly a space where it evolves, it develops, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things happening. And I wanna know how you develop your company because you've been running it now for over three years. And what are your thoughts about what effective and growth stimulating marketing is? So we will speak about your personal journey as an entrepreneur, how to best market your company, and what can we also do to improve the industry? Awesome. Welcome to Business Talk, Jillian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) It's so funny. We've tried, we're like in the middle of the streets, almost around Times Square. Square. Yeah. It is really loud here. We were supposed to go to a rooftop, but then there was a lot of music, so we needed to move move. the club. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And now we're here. So tell us about you, Jillian. What yes. made you as the person you've become
1: today? Yeah, so again, my name's is Jillian. Um, I started Focal Productions in 2020, so in the height of the pandemic. And yeah. I was a student at the time at Chapman University studying film. So I always wanted to be in the creative world, doing film, documentary, storytelling of some sort. Um, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I did not think it would come this soon or in that moment. But when the pandemic hit, um, I just kind of saw a a nice white space to kind of get my foot in the door. And digital marketing became a very big deal. Everything had to be online. Businesses didn't know how to translate to their online presence. And so I saw a great opportunity. I had, you know, infinite time on my hands because I was Mm. just in quarantine at home. And so I had reached out to some businesses I had filmed in the past or just networked with. At school just trying like to make money side hustle reached out to them and just pitched social media management social media marketing digital marketing running like you know their ads for them or a lot of realtors open houses online just pitching myself as as the person who could get them online in an ever-changing digital landscape um, and so the pandemic was as terrible as it was it was a you know good door opener for me to be able to kind of finally start this and it came a lot sooner than i had anticipated i was still a film major um i ended up switching majors my junior year to be a business marketing major because i just felt it fit you know what i was actually doing um and yeah then that's just what i've been doing ever since so things have changed a lot it's been up and down but it's been consistent it's full-time graduated in 2020 um, and i've been doing it ever since yeah so
0: how, how did this idea come up when you were just a student, right? Yeah. That you wanted to pitch yourself in with kind of student experience and the experience you had with social media and digital marketing yourself. Yeah. How did this idea kind of evolve? Yeah. Well, I never pitched myself as a student. Most of my
1: clients no, <laughs> didn't know I, I was know. a student. <laughs> um, so I, I always, didn't um, know we were students. no, I mean, I wouldn't lie, but I would never, I I pitched myself as a company from day one. So regardless of what I was, I, you know, positioned myself as a professional and um, didn't want to be seen as younger than I was or however old I was. And so I, I just saw an opportunity to reach out to these people that I had in my network. I mean, I would film weddings, I would film realtors, I would just film people to make money as a freshman and sophomore. And then I just saw that these people would need help during the pandemic. They needed to be online. And so... I just reached out to them and I was like, I'll do your social media, I'll do this, I'll do whatever you need, honestly. Literally, I'll just I'll help you and then had
0: a good first client, a lot of referral from there and then that's how I grew. Yeah, and now you're from California, right? Yes. And now you live in New York. Correct. Yeah, yeah. so how has it been taking the company from probably just from your dorm room or your yeah. room yeah. Yeah. to yeah. now the big city? Do you have an office or are you just working at home? How do you do this? Yeah, so that was probably
1: my biggest deterrent from moving to New York. I always knew I wanted to live here, but I had built the company in Orange County. And even though, you know, my team's remote, the business itself is remote, I I build this through networking. So I would network constantly and go to mixers and chamber events and like everyday networking, networking in Orange County. All my clients were from California. And some of them were in person, some weren't, but I was very nervous to move to New York and yeah. you know, I had no network out here. I didn't know. I built a name for myself back back home and I came into a whole new market out here and it was a little intimidating. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, you know, I, I built it once, I'll build it again. So I just wanted to move out here. And um, I met somebody who was actually a Chapman grad as well, who um, has an ad agency as well. And he has helped me tremendously just kind of scale out here. And now I have a very different demographic of clients in New York and it's a whole different ballgame out here. My clients yeah. used to be you know, much smaller businesses and now it's a lot of startups and um, networking with VCs and stuff like that. And so it's been a game changer. Um, New York has been very, very pivotal and a big catalyst to scaling my company, which has been exciting because I had no idea what to expect when I moved out here. Um, but yeah, and so I, I work remote still, just work at WeWorks or co-working spaces. Yeah. I don't have an office because I like to travel a lot, go back home, go, you know, visit visit people. So one of the main reasons why I love doing what I do is the flexibility. You know, I can be and work from anywhere in the world. So don't have any office space. But since moving to New York it's been very it's been a game changer
0: for for my growth yeah. for sure. Okay, so before we go further with the conversation, I'm gonna talk a bit about my sponsor. I am a proud ambassador and also user of their products. This is Rockamore Shoes. I really, really love their shoes. They are the most comfortable high-heeled shoes you can probably ever find. So they have stores both in Oslo, in Prinsenegate 12, and also in Copenhagen and several other several other places in, in Denmark. But the good thing about Rockamore and also why I wanted to have them as my sponsor of this podcast and promote them uh, to you guys is because they have a strong vision. They really believe that women should be able to stand strong in themselves and they also preach that people that are maybe weird or different than people that deserves to have their voice heard should also be promoted so i really think that vision is so strong and also if you are thinking about building your own business i think it's important to think about what is your identity what do you really want to stand for and talk about so you should definitely check out their website, their shoes and their Instagram, Rockamore Shoes to figure out more about who they're supporting and what they're standing for. I think they are great. Yeah, That's great to hear. Yeah. And also talking about the thing that you build something from scratch. You mm-hmm. start with a network, you move to a new city. How do you kind of build yourself up with a network, with, with no network from the yeah. beginning? And then like, how do you do this? I mean, it's
1: just putting yourself out there. I, one of my rules is always say yes. Like if someone wants to get coffee, if someone wants to do anything, just go. You (laughs) never know what it's going to turn into. And there's a lot of times where I'm like fifth coffee date of the day. I don't see this person ever like, you know, giving me a client or being a client. But down the line, like I look at my biggest clients ever and what they've trickled down to of like a tiny little, random happening to meet somebody in, you know, some random coffee shop. And so just going and saying yes and putting yourself out there and looking up like mixer events, you know, I'm going to a networking mixer on a rooftop tonight. Like if anybody tells me about something, I go, I show up, introduce myself and then just keep in contact with those people. And one day they'll come knocking on your door. And so, you know, I am young, I have no network. My network was like my parents' friends and that was the only people I could ever think to reach out to. And now I have yeah. a huge network of professionals and California, New York, all, everywhere. Um, and, and just just meeting people and going to these business events or founder events, you know, just yeah. networking, talking and it's all about relationships, you know, like my company is all referral based. It's all based on relationships and people that I meet who want to work with me. And so yeah, I realized very early on the importance of networking and it's it's easier to do than people think you could just go to a bar. I could network on the pickleball court, like anywhere. I just, you know, pitch myself and introduce myself and try you to you make friends. How do you pitch yourself? You just talk to them, kind of see what they're doing, and then um, they'll usually ask what I do. Mention I have a company. Talk more about it, and then we'll usually just connect on LinkedIn, get their business card, and I just have like, you know, a quota and a reminder, like um, at least quarterly, to reach out to my network and the people that I have. So I meet someone, put them on a spreadsheet, reach out to them like four times a year. Um, yeah. And just like touch base, like this is where I'm at. I just moved looking for this. We're scaling here, taking new clients. So, stuff like that. And even, I mean, it's not even for business help or, I mean, it's not even for business clients. It's, oh, I need someone to look at my contracts and I have attorneys I know that I've met here. Or I need somebody to be, refer a CPA, things mm-hmm. like that. Just having a network, people I can number one hire, like my animators, my graphic designers have all been through that. Um, yeah. People I can ask for help or people who, I can bring on as a client so just a network helps tremendously even for advice like yeah. ranting about business just meeting yeah. people in that space is is a huge deal
0: yeah so the people you have hired is this freelancers, so how, how do you how do you manage your, your a lot teams? yes most are freelancers um, some full-time it's it's kind of
1: it's as things change you know like when I first started and I was still in school and so I I did build a bigger team than I probably needed at the time because I wanted to continue my schooling mm-hmm. um, and then since graduating kind of scaled down a little bit and my my services are changing a lot the demographic I, I serve changes a lot especially since moving to New York so I think things are very they fluctuate a lot yeah. um, but my team is mostly freelancers they're all remote but they've been great I've had like two girls who are with me since day one which has been awesome and then since then it's it's kind of on a per project basis or retainers things like that but still still figuring out and, and learning of course about team building operations all of that that's that's been a big that's always always a
0: journey yeah okay. yeah it's yeah. a journey for sure <laughs> for sure how do you think how what what is what is a good marketing strategy for a company and how how you're talking about stimulating growth yeah yeah so <laughs> how could you do this yeah so i mean
1: i know this isn't the answer that will help anybody say that i'm a potential client and i
0: want to grow my customer base how would you like go about and talk to me about that
1: yeah so it depends the industry you're in but i think the biggest mistake people make and companies in my position make are the difference between strategy and tactics a lot of people will put too much emphasis on little tiny nuances within social and little tiny tactics like posting this many times a day talking to these people using these hashtags make this type of a quality post you know all those things yes are important but the number one thing is your strategy and who you are. So if you are a personal brand, you know, mm-hmm. showing that, doing the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are like a product-based company, just it, it, it so depends on your demographic, but there are, you have to sit down and have this meeting of like, what's your goal? Why do you do this? Why do you want to talk to these people? And then we'll talk about the strategy and the tactics mm-hmm. we'll follow from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of our clients initially were service-based providers. So like realtors, attorneys, doctors, chiropractors, all of that. Um and now we work with a lot more product based industry product based companies and so that's a lot of like D2C or startup stuff like that and so the strategies are so different but that's why it's really cool having a very custom team because we don't have three packages we offer offer to everybody it's it's super custom I'll sit down with you and we'll figure out you know what you need and then and then go from there so it's none of our clients are on the same package at all regardless if they're in the same industry if they have the same goals everything is super custom because you can't thrive on social checking boxes. You have to thrive on social being authentic and pivoting to the ever changing landscape. So it, it's super custom. It's super personalized, mm-hmm. makes it hard for me to scale and for me to you know, grow in that way. But that's, that's the way to be successful and there's yeah. no way around it. Yeah. How do you grow? <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. Yeah. Oh. Is it on? Okay. Um, so growth has been, you know, up and down right when I started, it was very quickly, growing, which was shocking. And I was like chasing the growth, um, kind of scaled back. And then now it's a much more structured growth. My biggest pain point was like operations and and that world. Um, I could, you know, start the business, I could make money, but in terms of sustaining it and, and scaling it, that's where I struggled, especially with the social media world. I mean, it's hard to, um, uh, the social media world itself is very it's it's picky. It's not a lot of like, you can't scale it. You can't outsource it. You can't automate it. Um, so that made my job difficult because I had to have people who really cared mm. about the company and about these clients on my team. Um, and so now we do a lot more paid media and like meta ads, things like that kind of stuff. That's a different story. Um, so that's easier to scale. It's just kind of it's networking and it's. Make sure making sure that your clients know that you care for them and you're here for them and they're gonna refer you a million people. That's how I've done all my business is just by, you know, being a good person and being there for them and not compromising my values as like a boutique agency to scale to be huge. Like I could, you know, take on a bunch of clients, make maybe a bigger profit, but I wouldn't be, you know, doing a good job. I could make things to automate my tasks and automate my all of my, you know, the work I put in for my clients and that wouldn't be doing a service to them so I do scale I have a goal to scale but I ha- I don't have a goal to grow too quickly where I'm compromising the reason that I started the company and the reason that I am successful and you know my clients enjoy working Why did working you call it
0: focal productions? <laughs> um,
1: that I don't know I, I think my mom actually came up with it um, it was it was initially more video agency and so I wanted to do focal like F-O-C-A-L, like focal point, whatever. I just wanted a one-word name. And then that was taken. Um, And so my mom was like, you should put P-H in front of it because photo and whatever. I don't know. So I was like, sure. I really did not care. I was like, I just want to file as an LLC. I need a name. So whatever. And um, yeah, it stuck. I mean, some people think it's Focal. They don't know how to pronounce it. So it's probably not the best name. But I mean, I needed something to file with the government, yeah. so we went with Vocal Productions, yeah.
0: What has been your biggest challenge up until now? Um, I think
1: my biggest challenge probably is um, knowing when to ask for help. I think yeah. it's hard when, since I started this company, you know, just me offering the services that I could do you don't need to outsource it right away. There's not a pressure to hire or delegate because you are capable of doing all of it. Um, and I did that for a little bit too long and it's not sustainable. You know, you can't, I can't grow the company and focus from like a CEO standpoint if I'm busy drowning in the day to day. Um, and so I, I didn't, you know, ask for help from other people. I didn't hire, you know, initially I didn't, Um, delegate you know this company's my baby so it's hard to give up those tasks and these clients that I you know they have a relationship with me and um, it's always nerve-wracking to bring on people who will also have a relationship with them and just make sure that my you know reputation and what I built is strong I think that was the biggest part and then just you know learning like I had like you know I, I wanted to do social media management. I knew I could do it. I was in the video field, but then everything that comes with it with the finances and the legal and all of that it's been very eye-opening and the actual running a business part you know it's it's there's so many different nuances and thing hoops you have to jump through and you know just just learning and asking around and just being a sponge and soaking up everything is how I've gotten everywhere because I didn't know you know school won't teach you the basics they'll teach you how to do an excel sheet and you know how to measure social me- social media metrics? No- nothing about you know contracts, suing, like all those random things that come with being a business owner is like you just have to trial and error and ask around and yeah. I think that's been my biggest is just operations and delegation.
0: <laughs> operations <laughs> and delegation. Yeah. So how how do you how do you find the perfect employee, someone to trust? Have you had some struggles with finding the right ones or someone yeah. you tried out and that didn't kind of fit in or did something? that wasn't towards the task or yeah. yeah
1: i think well so i usually hire first as like freelancers so they're contractors so we're on like a six month um contract and that's yeah. kind of my trial period i have had some that didn't necessarily work out um but you know that that's a part of the business like I, I, everyone has the struggle of hiring and getting people to work no one's going to love your company as much as you do so you can't expect them to have as much skin in the game as you do or care as much as you do honestly like they are here for a job this is your baby it's not theirs and so that's been hard to just manage expectations and understand what their role is and to not um, you know push them I mean to push them for sure but not to expect them to give their heart and soul into this company if they're if they're not.
0: Yeah, they know, don't in my have position. ownership, right? right. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: kind of figuring that out. Um, but I haven't had any really poor experiences of just something that someone's not working out. You just, you know, fizzle out and move on. And mm-hmm. it's it's been I've been fortunate in that regard that everybody, you know, has been mature and we've had a good relationship regardless. But I have had um a few people who since day 1 are just the backbone and have been amazing working with me. So, fortunate for that. But it is a struggle, you know, to find somebody at a high level who can You know, kind of replicate me and do what I do when they're not in my brain, and it's I'm I don't even know what I'm doing, so it's hard to find
0: somebody to train to do what I don't know. So yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of competition in this industry as well. Yes, for sure. How do you handle that? Like looking at people doing stuff better than you or different than you, like how how do you manage and all that? Yeah, I mean,
1: it doesn't. There's competition regardless. I think I have a good advantage just with like the services I offer and how personalized it is and um, custom everything is that a lot of my clients enjoy. I I understand that I'm not gonna get every deal. I don't get every deal. Some people go with others, some people, you know, can't afford whatever. It it really doesn't bother me. I, I am at the point where I know my worth. I used to really chase like the bag and chase these clients and kill myself over not getting a client or if a client left or whatever and now I I know what I do and I'm confident in what I do and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out it has to be a mutual beneficial relationship and so the competition inspires me it makes me go you know faster and further but it doesn't eat me alive if something doesn't happen I know you know I'm proud of what I've built and what what comes comes what how do you tackle no like not (laughs) getting the deal you know I mean, it's business like I, I have gotten very thick skin and, and just having clients who, you know, don't treat you the best and, you know, you just learn to be strong. And especially in a very male dominated world like you have initially when I first started out, I had a lot of, you know, of my past clients, you know, taking advantage of me and just being very disrespectful. And it, it just made me a lot stronger and I have really thick skin and if anybody, you know, says no, that's fine. I say no as well. Like, it, I had no hard feelings. We're all here to do business and I appreciate the growth aspect of it. And when people, you know, push me down, it just makes me, you know, stronger and I'm able to come
0: back on top. Yeah, I like that yeah. view on it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you need to grow some thick skin as well to be an entrepreneur yes. because yeah. there's not flowers and roses and whoa, freedom About, all the time. Wow. There's actually a lot of no. Yeah, a, a lot of Tackling now. that. Yeah. 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 So
1: it's, it's been a learning curve, but I think um, just having those terrible clients helps you become stronger, know your worth. And now if somebody were to come and, you know, yell at me and say, no, that's fine. Like I will go the
0: other way and it's not, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's just business. It makes sense. What is your best advice then for other people who want to go into the same industry as you and start their own company? Yeah. For any entrepreneur, um, I'd say
1: my biggest piece of advice, aside from just like sucking it up and starting it, there's never going to be a right time. And I have so many people in my network who want to start it, but never have the right resources. Nobody does just do it. Um, but aside from that, I think it's, um, being sure that you are not in love with your product, not in love with the idea of starting a company, but in love with the why and why you want to do it because as a founder you're going to get knocked down so many times and if your heart's not in it and you're not doing it for the right reasons and there's not something that really is you're passionate about you're not going to be able to get back up so in order to persevere I think you need to be sure that you are in love with your reasoning for starting a company you can't be in love with you know the product or the idea of making money or something like that—that's not sustainable. It, you'll get burnt out. You have to love what you do and be passionate about it and have a reason why, or else, you know, all the nose and all the beating down, you won't be able to persevere. What's as your why? My why? Yeah. So I mean, what what I do is not life changing. So there's not like anything inspiring about <laughs> marketing agency. Um, but I think it's just building something that I'm proud of and. When I've worked in the past in my internships, I have really been, you know, unhappy and felt not valued, and then, you know, morally, ethically, just like did not agree. And so I wanted to build some, build something on my own that I was proud of, that I could just not change the business world because who am I? But not take clients who I don't agree with, not take clients who we don't align on certain values, not, not just get in business to chase a check I'm I'm in business to do something that I can build that I'm proud of but stay morally strong and I think a lot of people who have given me advice and people who are you know a lot older than me um, look down on that aspect of like what I'm doing and how I'll turn down clients or walk away if I don't agree with them and don't agree with like their values or whatever Um, you know a lot of people say it's, it's business like that's the job of doing business but I'm, I'm here to build something that I enjoy doing and I have to have my heart into it and so I think that's what keeps me going is I'm proud of what I've done I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur but I want to build something that I can you know just grow into something that is me and not just work for somebody else mm-hmm. and sacrifice and compromise my morals
0: and values and passions and stuff like that hundred percent I completely agree with that like it's about having ownership and working towards something that is for yourself and not for somebody else's tree yeah and being able to
1: be in control and change things when you know the climate changes the landscape changes and not having to bite your tongue like that's my biggest thing It's like I won't bite my tongue and I'll lose deals because of it and that's fine like we weren't meant to be I don't Luckily, I'm at the point where I, I can, you know, turn down prospective clients and I can pick and choose who I want to work with. And that's such a blessing and such a privilege. Um, but my biggest rule is always like, don't bite your tongue. Like, don't just chase a check. You need to be be proud of what you're doing. And
0: I, I think... biting your tongue if you're just, if you're chasing yeah. the check?
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of similar. But like, if I had a meeting with a client or I just know that they're, I don't know, for this is a outside example but like if they're racist or whatever or like treat me like shit or something like that I'm not gonna like bite my tongue and just work for them to Mm -hmm. make money I you know well only do you have values right you have your ground
0: rules about what you're doing yeah that's a good thing you know your worth and you know your values you know what you want to do yeah and I also have a question for you this is a question I always ask Mm -hmm. uh, in this podcast and that it's the last one and if you got one million dollars right now in your wow. pocket, free to use on whatever you wanted, what do you want to spend them on,
1: Or what do you want to do with them? Ooh, that is a good question. Mm, I would definitely reinvest to the business. I've been um, at a point where I want like more runway to scale to what I want to be. And some of it would go there for sure. Um, other than that, it'd be like, personal buying property, traveling, and um, I don't know, I, I think a lot of what I do, I have to run a business at the end of the day, and there's a lot of clients or people that I would like to work with that I can't, and I work with a good amount of nonprofits, but there's, you know, certain people I can't work with just because they have no budget or no funds to do it, and I have to pay my employees, you know, it's it's a, it's a cycle, and so I think it would open up the doors for me to be able to take on more of those passion projects and clients that I... Really, really love and want to help, um, without you know having to let team go or or something like that. So being able to do more passion projects, maybe fund. I used to be a documentary student, and so maybe fund like a documentary, something like that. I don't know. Options are are endless, but don't have it so i haven't thought about it much no. maybe maybe once i get a million dollars i'll have a, a better answer yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be amazing what yeah. if i could have them
0: and give them to my guests yeah that would
1: nice. oh yeah that'd be nice then call me back and i'll do another I'll podcast i'll call you back i'll call you back in a few years
0: yeah thank you so much for it. joining of business course. talk Jillian. Yeah. it was such a pleasure speaking with you and i i really hope that the sound is mm-hmm. going to be good Yeah, hopefully we We have subway. There was a lot of like, there's subway there. Yeah, there is a lot of cars around. There's everything around happens here. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, hopefully it was good. But thank you for having me. Thank Thank you so much. Bye.